turn to Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. And we are going to read verse 2. Isaiah chapter 2. We're going to read verse 2. And uh, from there we're going to get into something today that I think is so important to remember and to keep our eyes focused on uh, the main thing and the will of God and all of that. Isaiah chapter 2, starting at verse 2, the prophet declares, It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Today, I want to simply take a statement from this verse as our title. And I want to get into something today that I want to title, In the Last Days. Look at somebody and say, In the Last Days. Let's pray and ask the Lord to minister in this house. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence that's here, your people that are here. Father, we ask now that as the word goes forth, you would anoint my mouth to speak only what you would have me to say. Anoint our ears to hear and receive the word. And God, I pray today that your spirit would minister through your word in this house. And we take authority over everything that would seek to oppose it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One more time, clap your hands to the Lord. And just somebody shout hallelujah. You can be seated. This passage, this verse that Isaiah declares is so powerful because he is talking about something that will take place in the last days, in the last time, at the end of the age, and he's talking about how the Lord's house uh, is a mountain, and it will be on top of the mountains, and it will be exalted above the hills. It'll be higher than everything else. But he says, all nations shall flow into it. Has anyone ever seen a river flow uphill? Rivers don't flow uphill. So we are finding this uh, deal where there is this drawing to God that what is impossible begins to happen. A river, if you will, flowing uphill. All nations flowing up to the mountain. Look at somebody and say, I got to go up. In fact, when Jesus returns for his church, it says we will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. It's this catching up. It's this indrawing, this updrawing. Why? Because the Lord is above the things of this world. God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Everything about God, his name, it's, it's higher. It's above every other name. He is seated on a throne far above every power and principality. He is, he is above all things. All things are under his feet, his house, his dwelling place is above it. And all nations shall flow into it. And, and we find that uh, this, this principle is in this, this reality is going to take place in the last Days and it's a, it's a common term we find throughout Scripture. The last days. It's found in Genesis. It's found in uh, certain prophetic books. It's found in the New Testament. The last days, and we find the Apostle Paul speaking to his son in the Gospel Timothy, and he is leaving him with some final instructions before he knows he will be executed. He will be a martyr for the sake of Christ. And he's invested uh, a lot of time and energy and uh, ministry into Timothy and 
trained him and raised him, if you will, in the gospel. And uh, he, he leaves this warning for Timothy. But we need to understand that what the Apostle Peter says is that uh, the prophecy did not come to us in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. And we need to understand what Paul tells Timothy in this very chapter, that all Scripture, everyone say all Scripture, it's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Um, what we need to understand is that even though the Word of God was written thousands of years ago, it's still relevant today. There is nothing in this book that is outdated. I, I crack up when I hear, I've heard the argument when we talk about how uh, men and women should dress and adorn themselves in different things. And there's a very explicit scripture in Deuteronomy that, that just lays it out point blank. And um, I've heard the argument, you know, that's Old Testament and, uh, you know, we're under the new. And I'm, I'm, I'm just absolutely perplexed at the deception and delusion that those people have about that because you're saying that God changed. Something that God commanded or that displeased God 5,000 years ago hasn't changed today because he is the Lord and he changes not. And he is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whether you want to call it a law, a commandment, a principle, a precept, or a pattern, it doesn't matter if it was that way back then. It remains the same today. Somebody say amen. And that goes for all Scripture. Somebody say all Scripture. All Scripture. That means if it applied to Timothy 2,000 years ago, it definitely applies to us today. Because Paul is telling Timothy, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Uh, if that was something that could apply to Timothy then, it definitely more so, more now than ever, applies to us today. Look at somebody and say, wake up. Our redemption draws nigh. He's saying in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous, uh, fragile, uh, uh, um, dangerous, perilous times, weak. And, and, and so uh, these, these times are coming. And then Paul lists it very explicitly. Understand this. Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And even though he is dealing with Timothy in his day, prophetic elements deal with things in their day, but they also have this telescopic lens that they can zoom in and they can zoom out and they can look close and they can look far. That's how the prophetic works. And so in this case, Paul is talking to Timothy specifically in his day and in his near future. And whether or not Paul realizes it, he's speaking to us in our day. And he says, men shall be lovers of their own selves. That word men is not simply referring to males. It's referring to humanity, mankind, male and female. People shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, lustful, wanting anything and everything to gratify the desires of themselves. Why do they want to gratify the desires of their own selves? Because they're lovers of their own selves. And, and so uh, it is the exact opposite of agape love, which is selfless action towards others. And so it is the exact opposite of the love of Christ. So now we understand that this way of life that will creep in and rise up among people is of the spirit of Antichrist because it is the exact opposite of the nature of Christ. And so men are lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, boasters and proud. They are blasphemers, everything that opposes God and in the face of God, almost as if they're shaking their fist at God. They're disobedient to parents. They're unthankful. 
What a simple yet profound statement. A sign of the last days is people will simply not be thankful. Which is why I think praise is such an important part of a church. Praise and thanksgiving are synonymous. And if you're thankful for what the Lord has done in your life, I think the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving should be something that doesn't have to be pulled and prodded from you, but it should be something that is naturally offered up to God. Every time we gather, every moment that we're alive, every day we wake up, thank you, Jesus, for the breath in my body. Thank you, Jesus, for my family. Thank you, Jesus, for washing away my sins. This isn't just a sign of the world. It's a sign of the last days. So whether or not it's the world in the last days or the church in the last days, this is simply a sign of the last days. And what's bothersome at times in that we can see is that we see these descriptions of people in the church. Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. But we are not to be unholy because we've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. What made us that? It was the blood of Jesus. It was the spirit of our God that sanctified us. Man, it's it's the holy spirit. And, and if we're full of the Holy Spirit, we ought to live holy. Doesn't that make sense? Isn't that just good common sense today from the Word of God? If we're full of the Holy Spirit, we should live holy. We should hate the garment spotted by the flesh. We should uh, disavow every work of the flesh. We should seek to separate ourselves from every single thing that that displeases God or that is associated with things that displease God. And, and, and I, I look at this and I, you know, I, I see what's happening in the world and I, I see the effects of, of, the, of, of the, the spirit of the age and uh, we, we see that in the last days people will be without natural affection. And that just means... Uh, they, they, they won't, they won't, uh, the family unit will not be what it's supposed to be. That's what that means. People think it has to do with homosexuality, but I looked it up. It means the family unit will uh, not be what it's supposed to be. Of course, homosexuality affects that. The family unit's under attack. That's why the first one to get attacked was the father. And then once they were able, the enemy was able to cause the father to be absent, uh, the, the whole family fell apart. All sorts of issues. Children growing up with identity issues. It's meant to be a father and a mother raising their children in a godly home according to God's word taking a stand for righteousness and taking a stand against all unrighteousness, not apologizing to the culture for you. We're going to be different in this world. Yes, can somebody say amen? You know, we we look at these things and it's just how much longer are we going to continue to support and tolerate what the world is shoving in our face? I understand we like certain entertainments, but when the agenda becomes very in your face, this is what we stand for and we're coming for your kids. I don't care what kind of of attachment we have to it. When are we going to separate ourselves from the things the enemy is seeking to brainwash us with? The Bible says to lay aside every sin and wait. If we want to get caught up in the clouds, we've got to be light. We can't be bogged down by the things of this world. And, and, and you know, we, we see in these last days the family unit, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Incontinent means no self-control. You're just weak. 
no self-control. Fierce, despisers of those that are good. We're going to shout in just a moment, so just ride this with me. Let the conviction sink in where it needs to sink in, and then get ready to shout. But I, I, I just, I, I want us to really understand, there is no media outlet from Hollywood that loves you. I'm just going to... I'm just going to go there. <laughs> there is no media outlet from Hollywood that loves you, that loves what you stand for, that loves who you're trying to be. They, they don't. They stand in exact and direct opposite of it. Uh, many main uh, large corporations have this agenda to put anti-God everything in our face. And so we cannot just say, well, everyone's doing it. Where are we going to get our stuff? At some point, we got to say enough is enough. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm posing questions for you to think and allow the Holy Ghost to lead you and your family in the direction the Holy Ghost wants to lead you and your family. Before all of these massive chain stores filled the world, people made their own stuff. And, uh, you know, depending on how your view of the end time is, you may not be able to buy stuff one day because you took a stand to not worship the image and the beast We could derail this whole message right now. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That verse, that statement right there, that one is what's wreaking havoc in the church. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I, I, you know, I go to church on Sunday and Wednesday. That's a pandemic that has been corrupting the American church at least for I don't know how long. Probably longer than I've been alive. And then you hear stories of people all over the world. Six-hour bus ride in the pouring rain, walking and standing in mud just to hear a preacher preach the gospel and just to feel the presence of God with fellow believers. What in the world is wrong with us? Let that convict you today. I'm letting it convict me when I don't want to go to prayer meeting because I'm tired, there's someone out there that has one pair of shoes that just trudges for hours just to have an encounter with God and fellow believers of the truth. We become lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. No, no, no. This may be how it is in the last days. Verse 5 is the one having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, and Paul says, from such turn away. Having a form of godliness, it looks like the church because we have defined church as a building and we gather in it and we have service. That's why people are confused. We gather. And there's movements all around the world that have begun to embrace more exuberant praise and worship. And they've even begun to uh, embrace uh, speaking in tongues. But there's more to the power of God than just exuberant praise and speaking in tongues. Even though those things are true and biblical and they need to remain as a part of who we are, there is another form of godliness Godliness and holiness are synonymous in Scripture. There's a form of holiness, but denying the 
power thereof. There, there needs to be something in the people of God in the last days. We're going to live holy, and we are going to be powerful people of God in these last days. We're not going to quench the Spirit. We're going to let the Holy Ghost move, and we're going to be led of the Spirit. And there's nothing in this world that is going to distract us or dismay us or discourage us. You see, it can be you know, five different churches in a city and they all gather and they all have their programs and they all have music and they all have a preacher and they all have a congregation and they all go through the motions. I'm not interested in any of that. I want to know if Jesus is in the building. I want to know if Jesus is in our midst. I want to know if the Lord is allowed to walk up and down the aisles and in between the pews and minister to every person that walks through those doors. I want to know if people recognize that the Lord is in this house. That's what we're looking for in these last days. We're not looking for cute Pentecostal pacifism. We're looking for the power of God. It's the power of God that convicts the sinner. It's the power of God that opens our eyes to see. I need to make changes in my life. It's the power of God that will heal the sick, that will restore the depressed, that will lift up those who are weary in their spirit. It is the power of God. I don't want to be a part of a church where the, the, the preacher is simply expected to lecture the Word of God. I went to college, and the professor would communicate thoughts and leave it up for their own interpretation. Uh, that's not what we're wanting in this church. We preach the Word of God, and the Word of God says what it says, and it's not up for our personal or private interpretation. It is the truth of God's Word that reveals we need a Savior. And it's our faith in God's word that transforms our life. I'm going to say it like this. Somebody asked me once, and, and you know, these questions, well, if we don't do this, are we going to go to hell? You're asking the question the wrong way. We're simply wanting to know, what is the least I have to do to not burn forever? That is not the response any person should have for the one who hung on a cross for six hours and his body was literally lacerated open and spilling blood. And he did that for the redemption of our soul. The God who gave the most, what is the least he expects of me? That's not what the Bible teaches we who have been bought with his blood, we are his. We are now bondservants of Christ because I would rather be a bondservant of Christ than be a slave to sin because no matter whatever God asks me to sacrifice, it is worth it because the other option is hell. It's, 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 it's heaven or hell. It's the wheat or the tares. It's the sheep or the goats. I said that last week. It's the straight and the narrow. And, and, and so we find this, this, this battle in the last days. What makes them so perilous? It's people love pleasure. People are so full of themselves. People are false accusers, truce breakers, no self-control. They're fierce and they hate those that are good. And there will be people that have a form of godliness but deny the power of it. From such, turn away. I had uh, someone um, once want to come to this church, but they disagreed about the Godhead. And they said, I love the worship. You say you put so much emphasis on baptism in Jesus' name. 
They asked the question, why do you put more weight in Peter's words than you do in Jesus's? And they said, Jesus said, be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Well, if you are saying I'm putting more weight on Peter's words than in Jesus's and not understanding that they agree, then you are saying that God's infallible word is not infallible, but there's a flaw in it. Here's the revelation. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us, Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. It's talking about a human being. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. This child that is born is the mighty God. This child that is born is the everlasting Father. Jesus is the Father incarnate. Jesus is the Father in flesh. That's why Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Holy Ghost is the eternal Spirit of God. And the Father, who is the eternal Spirit of God, was manifest to us through the Son, the child that was born, Jesus Christ. When you saw Jesus, you saw the Father. When you saw Jesus, you saw God. So the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit is simply one name, and it's Jesus. And Peter understood that, and he said, you need to be baptized in the name that is above every other name. But you see, that's what's happening in the Christian world. They like the worship. They like the feeling of the move of the Holy Ghost, but they will not yield to the power of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost only has power in a place where people trust and live and believe the true word of God. It's the word of God that releases the power of the Holy Ghost. So people come in and I like what I feel, but are you ready to obey what the word says? You see, in these last days, there are people, because they are lovers of pleasure, they're going to love a move of the Holy Ghost, but they're not going to want to bow their knee to the word of God. But that's not this church. We are a church that we trust and obey and live and believe the word of God. And because of that, there is a power of God's spirit in this place that is undeniable. That's why people, whether or not they trust and believe the word of God, they cannot deny what they feel in this place. And so this is what we're up against in the last days. And this is what tries to creep into the church in these last days. It's the spirit of the age, and it's no respecter of persons. It will try, it, it's got a hold of the world. But if it gets a hold of the church, there's no hope for the world. But there has got to be something in these last days where the people of God rise up with a backbone and say, I don't care what's going on in the world. And I don't care what region I live in. We are going to be apostolic people of God. Just like we read about in the book of Acts. We are going to obey God's word. We are going to allow God's spirit to move. And we are not backing down or cowering in a corner. Because of what's happening in the world around us. As things get worse, I'm going to just praise louder. As things come against me, I'm just going to pray longer. When the enemy starts lying to me or my family or my church, 
I'm just going to start declaring the word of God. I know this mic is making it difficult today, but just please stay with me. We are going to declare the word of God. I don't care if it is spring, summer, fall, or winter. We are going to be the same. We serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There can be just as much of his power in the summer as there is at the beginning of the year. There can be a group of people that are just as holy in July as they are in January. We are the people of God. We're not changing. We're not backing down. We're not getting weak. We're not going to change or compromise. It's the last days, and things are getting crazy. The enemy is attacking the people of God. He attacks them in their mind. That's why your mind has to be renewed and transformed. Our mind has to be filled with the word of God. We have to be full of the spirit. Now I lay me down to sleep is not a prayer that works in 2023. It needs to be, I plead the blood of Jesus over my home. I pray an encampment of angels around my house. I pray the presence of God in my home. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I pray that the peace of God keep us as we sleep. I bind and rebuke every weapon and every devil of the enemy. You are not welcome in this home. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. That's the kind of prayers the apostolics need to be praying in these last days. There is a war coming against the people of God, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Small groups aren't going to intimidate the devil, but prayer groups are going to push him back. Potlucks are not going to intimidate the devil, but Bible study groups are going to keep him back. When we start going into cities and we start coming together and we say, it's getting dark out there. We need to open up the word of God. We need to rally the troops. We need to bind together more than ever before. I'm praying for you. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over you. Don't get caught up in that false doctrine. Don't get confused by the lie of the enemy. Don't think it's okay to back up now. If it wasn't okay for Timothy to back up 2,000 years ago, it is definitely not okay for us to ease up and back up and just settle in and ride this storm out. No, no, no. Today, 2023, in the hour in which we're living, it will get worse and worse before Jesus returns. But there must be a church in this hour that is resolute. Resolute. And I know... It sounds bad. That's why most people don't like to talk about, well, we're going to be out of here before any of the bad stuff happens. Well, you, you can believe that if you want to, but I'm telling you what, I've got good news for you today. Yes, Paul says in the last days, perilous times shall come, bad, wicked, awful, dangerous, fierce, but full of the devil times shall come. But there's also something else that will come in the last days. In the last days, perilous times will come. But there is also something else that will come in these last days. Peter tells us what will come in the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. These aren't Peter's words he come up with his own human intellect. He's simply echoing what God said. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. What I've come today to tell this church as even though it is prophesied that the last days will be perilous, it is equally as prophesied that the last days will be powerful. There will be a powerful church in the last days. There will be a powerful move of God's spirit in the last days. And it's not simply going to be through the pastor or the preacher, but it's going to get on your sons and your 
daughters. 12-year-olds are going to prophesy. 8-year-olds are going to prophesy. 16-year-olds are going to stand up under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And they're going to be used of God. Because Disney is not going to corrupt your children. God's Spirit is going to fill your children. And they're going to stand up with a spiritual backbone in these last days. And they're going to declare the Word of God. Oh, you need to guard your children more than you ever have. I don't care if they're 2 or 22. You need to guard your children. You need to change some things. You need to make sure that the enemy is not influencing my children. Son, you're a man. Daughter, you're a woman. And this is what God desires of us. Is that too controversial in 2023? Then why is it quiet? Why, 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 why do I not feel faith right now? There needs to be something in the people of God that rises up and says, in these last days, there is no devil that is going to destroy my children. I'm not going to move out to this state, pastor this church, and in the process of planning another church, and lose my son and my daughter. I don't care how much sleep I have to lose to pray over them in the night. I don't care what I have to get rid of to make sure that the world is not indoctrinating my children. Because even though I believe God's word that the last days are going to be perilous, I also believe God's word that the last days are going to be powerful. And I believe my son is going to prophesy. I believe my daughter is going to prophesy. I believe my children are going to be greatly used by God. I don't care what the devil's throwing at them because I serve a God who says, I'm going to use your children in the last days. No. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Eh, we, don't, we don't need to fast that much. We, 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 don't need, we don't need to pray that much. We don't need to preach the word that strong. I told you, we're not lecturing God's word. We're preaching God's word. And the preaching of God's word is what facilitates change. And it's what reveals the light from the darkness. It determines the real from the fake. It opens the eyes of those who are hungry. And it feeds the souls of those who are hungry. What you need to understand, though, also about these last days is it has nothing Nothing to do with age demographic. God is going to give young men some vision. And he's going to raise them up to lead the charge. But God is also going to give some old men some dreams. And he's going to put some things in their heart that, that they thought they were done and washed up. But God said, no, in these last days, it's not a one-generation revival. It is a generational revival, a generation all revival. Everyone's involved in this revival. The children, the young men, the old men, it's the babies, the kids, the teenagers, the young adults, the middle-aged, and the elders. Everyone is involved in this last day church. And it's going to happen. But what God desires to do through this church is completely contingent upon what we believe and what we focus on. In the last days, the revival involves everyone. In the last days, it involves people making some decisions. We're going to get rid of stuff because we're done with the fear. We're done with the intimidation. We're done with the enemy causing delusion in our mind. I feel delusion in the room. 
I feel there are people who have bought into the lie of the enemy. And I'm going to give you one opportunity. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Holy Ghost will blow the wind of delusion from your mind. And you will see once and for all, it is time to give myself to the Lord 100%. Because the hour of deception is higher than it's ever been. The last days are full of perilous times, deception, but when there are a people who buy into the truth of God's word and the will of God, they will be a powerful force in their city. This message didn't go any way I planned it, but I still feel the Holy Ghost speaking because sometimes before there can be a shout, there's got to be a dig. Sometimes before there can be a victory, some things got to be torn down. And unfortunately today, I'm the man who has to tear down. And I'm looking right out the door and not at anyone because I'm just dealing with the spirit in the room. But I want to say something right now. And I will be transparent. I've said it. I've said it many times. I've said I've, two things, two things. I learned this last year. And uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to talk about it for the third time this month. Every June. People go crazy. Every June. I mean, what are we, we going to learn? And I say we, I'm just talking about people do weird things. That's out of character for you. People say things. What, 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 what in the world are you saying? That makes no sense. That's not you. Even though we felt an incredible witness and power of God in this place today, and I'm very thankful, I also feel lurking this this darkness. And I'm not, it's the area, okay? It's the area. We know it's Pride Month. It's wrapping up. Praise God. Actually, the parades, my God, the parades are happening on this weekend, I believe, because it's a this this weekend, the summer solstice and everything. It's an ancient pagan holiday where they celebrate it. So you look, and all the major Pride parades happen mainly on this weekend. Why? Because it's a pagan sacred holiday. Just like Pentecost Sunday is special to us, this weekend is special to them. And we live in an area that is on the forefront of promoting this. It's the whole region. Okay, well, I don't, I don't live in San Francisco. You don't have to. It's the whole region. It's the Bay Area. That's why it's called that. That's why it feels the way it feels. And I, you know, my, this is my point. When are we going to push back? Instead of, well, we just got to get through it. No, when are we going to push back? And when are we going to not allow it to affect our mind? Here's the thing about the enemy. Many times he affects our mind and we don't know he's affecting our mind. That's why it's called delusion and deception. I don't want that. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. What is one of the main signs of the last days? It's pride. It falls under that category of pride. Heady, high-minded, boasters, all of that. I'm telling you what. We're going it, to, it's, how can I say this? Yeah, this whole message is shot, so whatever. Now I'm just talking. And I, and I hope, I hope everyone Here's, here's me. 
You need to be more prayerful than you've ever been. You need to be more full of the word than you've ever been. And you need to make sure you have the right voices in your life speaking into your life. Because even the serpent sounded like he was telling the truth. So I'm saying today, we need to bind together more than ever before. And we need to be holy people of God. I'll be transparent. We had two check check one two. We had two uh, screens, TVs, whatever you want to call them, in our house. And we hardly watched. We hardly watched anything because there's hardly anything to watch except for Andy Griffith, you know. So, and uh, so we're not watching, you know, anything displeasing to God. Anytime we, you know, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say you can't have a TV in your house because the principle of, you know, it's, it's what you watch. But then on the other side of things, we use that. And then we move the line further and further back. Well, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. This isn't bad. So we keep moving the line. I'm not saying we did. I'm saying that's how we as people do. So even though we weren't, you know, there, there was, this is what it is. This is the call to arms, if you will. This is the state of the church address. This is the now or never moment. The darkness that is in the earth and the greater darkness that is coming will demand of God's people a more holy lifestyle. That's what it is. That's what it is. So I'm done preaching now and we're just talking and I wish we could all just be sitting on the couch in my living room talking but uh, be more comfortable. But the hour in which we live is demanding that we live holier. Things that we could tolerate in days gone by no more because the enemy is using those avenues to unleash his fear his lies. And that's what it is. So we decided. We're getting rid of one. We kept one. I don't know how long we'll keep it. I mean, Andy Griffith really is a good show. A lot of good life lessons. They don't make them like they used to. They don't even make people like they used to. They were just good people back then. Like, you sure, Andy, you don't have the Holy Ghost? No, I'm teasing. And cut the tape at that point because... We can't let anyone know I'm talking about. I'm teasing. <laughs> but we got rid of one. <clears throat> and did you, do you realize I and my wife spent the whole day rearranging our house because we got rid of one screen? You know what that sounds like to me? An idol. When you have to move all sorts of furniture to make your house, you know, work again. Because of a $200 screen. I don't, I just don't see how that's, you know. Everything's facing it. Everything kind of revolves around it. So what I'm saying today is if we want to navigate these last days and see the promise and fulfillment of our children being used by God 
and not destroyed by the devil. We can't allow the darkness to deceive us. And if we got to get rid of some stuff, we will. Because that little TV doesn't have a hold on me. That show doesn't. That person in my life, we're not that good of friends that I'm willing to go to hell with you. This habit, I don't need this in my life anymore. We got off, you know, I mean, social media. If all you feel is toxic after being on it, that's probably a good sign to get rid of it. Because there's just something happening that even though we know there's going to be great revival, the hour in which we're living demands we live holier than ever before. Will it send me to hell? That specifically may not. But if you entertain and allow that, it could lead to something else. And if it steals your attention from Jesus, it doesn't matter if it's an innocent thing. If it steals your attention from Jesus and the purpose he's called you to, and you're distracted, if we're distracted in the last days, we open ourselves up for being deceived in the last days. And in the last days, we have a promise from God. Our sons and daughters will prophesy. That there will be young people in this church that have vision and God will use them mightily. And there's some elders in this church that God's going to get to put a dream in your spirit. And before you thought it was all over, God is going to use you in these last days because it's a generational revival. A generational revival. It's a multi-ethnic revival. It's a multi-language revival that God is going to do in the middle of the peril. God is going to demonstrate his power through his people and there are going to be multitudes that are saved and we've got to be holy because we got to be a light to this city do you receive that word today right where you are lift your hands to the lord and i'm asking that the voices of god's people go up before the throne help me to be holy jesus I pray, God, over your people. Protect us in these last days, O oh God. We don't need to fear the darkness. We need to keep our eyes on you. But let us not be deceived by the devices of the enemy that he will use things that seem innocent to distract and deceive us. Let us, O oh God, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Let us be full of the fire of your spirit and the love of your spirit, O oh God. Right where you are, would you just commit yourself to the Lord all over again? There's a great work to be done, but we got to be holy. There's a great call and purpose for his people, but we got to be who he wants us to be.